welcome to the Adventist Healthcare and You podcast. I'm Shanna. I'm joined with Nimit. Hello, everyone. Hi, Nimit. And we're actually joined with Dr. Leslie again. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Leslie. Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. And we're gonna um, we're gonna pick up on um, our topic of mental health. And um, what we had talked about last time was you know the up and down nature of COVID and how people are dealing with it and mm-hmm. some stigmas and sort of how we can approach again this up and down nature of COVID. But also, you know, we wanted to come back and talk a little bit more about mental health. So thank you. And you know. We talk about mental health a lot and we talk about our physical health and people get diabetes or heart disease, their symptoms and all of that. But for mental health, you know, can it affect your physical health? What are some things people should look for? That's a great question because I think that most people divorce mental health from physical health, but it's all connected. And that's why there's a whole field of mind-body medicine. Mm -hmm. So when anyone says, oh, what you're experiencing, your anxiety, your depression, it's all in your head, you can say, yes, it's in my head because those brain chemicals are actually affecting how your body functions. So for example, I won't get too science medicine-y on you, but you do have these things called adrenal glands in your body. And they release these chemicals that affect your heart, your respiratory rate. So when you're stressed, your adrenal glands get signals from your brain that release chemicals that affect the rest of your body. And that's a very simplistic way of describing how the mind and body are connected. And it's not limited to your heart or your lungs. It's also affecting your gut affecting how you digest food. You know, when people say like, oh, I've got the butterflies in my stomach, that's a thing. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just not butterflies. Mm -hmm. It's not literal butterflies, but that's a real thing. So science is finding that your mental state and how we respond to things and even how mental illnesses originate are connected to chemicals and signals, brain signals. It's, it's, it's brain medicine, Mm -hmm. but we just as a society have not chosen to view it that way. Okay. I think in like in my world, in my experience last year, um, when we were going through the first surge, I didn't realize that my mental health was in a state where I was too stressed out on a day-to-day activity. And one of my friends saw a picture of me somewhere and they're like, did you lose some weight? And I didn't realize I was losing weight over the past three months. And I lost about 30 to 40 pounds in just a matter of three months. Oh, wow. Um, I, and um, looking back, I was thinking that maybe it was stress-related and it was without me recognizing it. So I, I definitely think that the mental health does affect the physical health a lot. Um, I was able to gain it all back in, in yeah. the next few months. <laughs> uh, thank God. But, but I think when people are going through it, it's so hard to recognize that sometimes. Absolutely. Nimit, I had a similar experience, although I was not in the ICU. I wasn't a hero to that degree, but I was in so many meetings and concerned about so many lives, my staff's lives, the doctors who work in the department, our patients, society. And if you know me, you know that I'd never miss a meal. (laughs) I love food, but I was only eating two meals a day and I I lost about 15 pounds myself. Wow. And um, I'm also someone who sleeps very well. And I found that I was only sleeping a few hours at a time. It's a real thing. When you have that level of burden on your mind and on your spirit, it affects everything. You know, how you eat, your appetite level, your sleep cycle. So it's definitely all connected. And as we talk about this, I just hope if anyone's listening that they don't feel like, oh, it's that stigmatized, it's all in your head. I mean, it is scientifically, 
but it's a real thing. It's we can thing. we can measure it. Mm-hmm. We can measure it on MRIs. We can do heart tracings. It's all connected. And everybody responds differently. You know, Nimit, you had a completely different experience than say I did or that Dr. Leslie, we all can, we all will respond to things differently. We'll all respond to different stresses differently. So, you know, when is the right time to, to talk to someone, you know, a professional or to reach out to someone for help? You may hate my answer because it's always the right time. (laughs) No, and I mean that because it's kind of like asking, well, when is the right time to see your family physician? Always, right? At least annually. Mm -hmm. Um, But to, to get to the heart of the question, which is when is it dire and really important? I have a rule and our field has a rule. When it starts really impacting your life and your daily functioning. So if you find that you're calling out sick, and I would say it's a valid sick call because your mental health is part of your health. But if you're calling out sick, if you find that you're not able to really interact with your loved ones, your parents, your children, if it's affecting relationships, it's time. And also, just like we would say, don't wait to talk to your doctor if you're having something going on. Don't wait to talk to someone till it's too late. Absolutely. You know? And that someone, it could be me as a physician. It could also be a therapist, mm-hmm. a social worker, a professional counselor, a psychologist. And I think one really great thing from the pandemic is that therapy is so much more accessible now. Yeah. There's so many people delivering therapy on virtual platforms. You can get therapy while you're at work. You don't have to actually drive to a physical office. So I think that's one positive outcome of this pandemic. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And there's apps, there's, you know, virtual options all, all around now. So. Yeah. And there are even apps to just help promote good mental health. Yeah. Like the Calm app. Yep. I'm not being paid by Calm or anything. I hope I can use their name. But but there are wellness apps to help, you know, track how much you exercise and how much you breathe deeply and how much you focus on gratitude or whatever brings you hope and inspiration. Yeah. So ideally, we want people to seek out help themselves, but we know there's a subset of population who are not going to be comfortable seeking out help or not going to know when to seek out help. Um, what are some of the strategies the family members or loved ones could kind of seek out or, or keep an eye out for? And if they see those things, what are some of the approaches they should be taking to help their loved ones? I actually get asked this a lot <laughs> because there is a lot of resistance mm-hmm. in our families and our social circles. So one step is to just be open. If you have experienced mental health in any capacity, grief counseling, actual medication, you know, ongoing therapy, Be transparent about that. Shanna and I talked about our family experiences Mm -hmm. because that's how we connect to it. I personally have received grief counseling. So I share that with family members when they say, oh, I don't, you know, we don't do therapy. And I say, (laughs) well, why not? Because it actually really helped me. And Mm -hmm. there are things you can do preventatively. um, And I think maybe if you focus on that first, like, hey, what about a check-in? Because people's biggest fear is, oh, I'm going to be, I'm crazy, Someone's going to say I'm crazy. There's and that stigma we talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's so much stigma. And I hope what people take away is this is all a part of health. No one would judge you for getting a mammogram or a colonoscopy. It's all about health maintenance. And I'm looking forward to the day when we're very open about our mental health maintenance. So I would be transparent about whatever you've experienced. If you haven't experienced it, then just be supportive. Maybe drive with them to the appointment. Mm-hmm. Or be around when they're doing the virtual appointment. Read about it, you know, help them help them vet the person that you're looking for them to see or that they're interested in seeing. But just walk with them. 
Um, there's something called the ministry of presence. When you're just there with someone, that can say a lot. And definitely allow them to come to their own conclusions. Don't give them ultimatums unless it's some sort of intervention for addiction. But in general, you know, use their motivations to get them to the yes and to get them to the appointment. Yeah. I like that ministry of presence, that just the act of being with someone is helpful right. and comforting. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, I think it shows a lot of empathy as yes. well, where you're with them and holding their hand or just yep. being next to them, being mm-hmm. present. So, yeah, I, agree. I like that. Well, kind of a jump, but one of the last topics we wanted to, to kind of talk about, there was the recent announcement out of, I think, the, the Surgeon General about the mental, the youth mental health crisis. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, this one is so near and dear to my heart. I know. I'm trained mm-hmm. in working with children and adolescents, and I genuinely love children and all they represent. Um, You know, the Surgeon General made that, declared that crisis was a collaboration between American Academy of Pediatrics and and my academy, Mm -hmm. Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. And um, what I make of it is what I'm seeing in my office, Mm -hmm. that there are so many youth who, despite technological advances, despite, you know, potentially more wealth for some families, are just so anxious about so many things, are just so insecure about so many things, and just so burdened. Social media is a blessing and it's a curse. And social media puts news in front of people constantly. Young minds that haven't lived enough life to know, you know, that yes, you can make it through this. They just think this is awful. And that there'll be another cycle too. Right. Right. And, but also young minds live for tomorrow. So if today looks awful, then they think, well, tomorrow's going to be awful too. Mm. So I think social media has contributed to it. The other reason they're saying it's a crisis is the number of mental health visits to the emergency department. It has skyrocketed the suicide attempts, the substance use, the despair. And quite honestly, the trajectory of young people has been just altered. You know, they haven't had normal graduations. They haven't had normal move-in days for college. There are so many rites of passage that they've been deprived because of this pandemic. And despite the drive-bys and all the alternative things we do, that's that's a genuine loss. So yes, there's there's an absolute crisis that I'm seeing in my practice and that we see in this country that is just compounded. And so I hope that we don't just think, okay, how do I get these young people help and to talk to someone, but what do we need to do differently? How do we view college acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. How do we view friendships? How do we view our body image? And how can we communicate to this younger generation that you're wonderful. You know, you may be struggling right now. You may not like your body. You may think that this person has this perfect life. It's not true. And real life is not lived by filters. Mm -hmm. There's just no such thing. So I think being more open, having frank conversations and affirming conversations with our youth is a start and applauding them for being open about their mental health concerns, but not just stopping there. I think our school systems and society need to allow children to be children. Mm -hmm. Let's stop allowing them to grow up so fast. Yeah. I also too recognize too, I have a seven-year-old and you know, he's not on any of that stuff (laughs) and I'll keep him a child as long as I can, you know, but also recognize that he's growing up differently than I did and that's okay. Yeah, with, and, so, with access to so much more. Yeah. And the access isn't bad, but it just needs to be monitored. So growing up, Thursday night, we watched sitcoms together. Yeah. And I think that's what we're missing. Don't just allow your child to go in a room and be on a device. Do stuff together. Devices aren't bad, but the togetherness makes it healthier yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. In our last few minutes here together, are there, you know, maybe three things that we can take for our own mental health moving forward in this up and down roller coaster (laughs) that we've been living? Sure. Well, I mean, my personal mantra about mental health is that mental health is health. It's all health and it is okay and embrace it. Um, And there's no shame in it. That would be number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is that this whole experience is not a sprint. As a former, um, you know, running track Mm -hmm. in high school, I don't want to call myself track star. (laughs) (laughs) But as as someone who ran track in high school, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So let's pace ourselves and allow ourselves plenty of grace because this is a really difficult experience. Mm -hmm. And then I would say number three, just remember how important we are to one another. And although some of us may be really tough and independent and in this American culture of, you know, fakely pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, <laughs> we need each other. We definitely need yeah. each other. And if you need to reach out to someone, definitely do that. And if you need to be something to someone and have that ministry of presence, do that. Someone needs you and you need someone. And so I think those are the three things that I hope the listening audience focuses on. I, like I think that's that. going to be very helpful for our audience. Today. Yeah. In another episode, we talked about gratitude. I'm going to take that with me as well. Well, thank you, Dr. Leslie, for coming in. We really appreciate your time and insight and this really important topic. Thank you again for addressing the issue and for having me. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Nimit, for being here yeah. with us today, too. Pleasure. For our listeners, we really appreciate you all listening. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find Adventist Healthcare at AdventistHealthcare.com. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. <laughs>